this is a slightly different C. McBee reads, at least the first story. And it's just a news article. It says, Minecraft streamer Nathan loses all 21,000 followers overnight. So first, I'm just going to read the story. Everything fell apart for Nathan when he found his Twitch followers disappear overnight. Before the fiasco, the Minecraft streamer boasted over 21,000 followers and two years of his hard work went in vain. The 16-year-old did not share what exactly caused this debacle. However, the community swiftly got behind to support him. Nathan claims that he grinded for over two years to reach where he was before losing his followers and all of it disappearing overnight puts a massive dent in his mental health. The followers' loss left him heartbroken, but the community response was overwhelming as they helped to remedy the situation to some extent. I've lost everything. My Twitch lost all of its followers. Every single person who has followed me in the last 26 months are gone. I'm just at a loss for words, he said upon losing his followers. Not just the Minecraft community, but the entire Twitch user base got behind him to help take his channel back to where it was. Nathan regained 16,000 followers thanks to the community raiding his channel. The support he is getting is something unprecedented. Having gained 10,000 followers in just two hours is something unheard of. There's no clear explanation as to why this happened, so Twitch is likely to take a closer look at the situation, giving the attention it is getting. That is the whole story. And what I've actually just read to you now is could be summarized as something happened we don't know why it sucked and then it got put back again like even that is too much this could be summarized as something happened we don't know why so the guy lost all his followers this article from talkesport.com which is i assume a website exclusively talking about esports has zero effort in investigative journalism. Uh, they don't claim to have reached out to Twitch to find out. They have not reached out for comment. Usually an article like this where they're like, we don't know what happened. We've reached out to Twitch and are waiting for a response. That isn't written in here. And I think it's because this person, I don't want to like be too shitty to them. But this person wrote what happened. It was like, well, I'm done. Because they're not a real journalist of any sort. I have gotten very tired of reading articles with zero substance or content. This article, reading it, was more of a waste of time to read because I don't know who Nathan is. I don't know if 21,000 followers on Twitch is a lot. If I'm being really honest, because I don't do Twitch I don't follow Twitch. So I don't know, is that a lot of people? He says he grinded for two years. I've grinded for two, three years. I don't have 21,000 followers. So is he doing way better than me? Or is it in the landscape of Twitch, he's just doing average or worse? Yes, it's devastating. But they didn't get quotes from him. They just went online to his Twitter and got quotes from that. So they didn't even talk to the guy. So they didn't reach out to the guy the story's about. They didn't reach out to any of his followers and they didn't reach out to the company that was responsible for the platform. This is ridiculous. Now I did games journalism and I wouldn't call myself a journalist. I was certainly not skilled or, you know, competent enough to be that. 
I was doing it in my part-time. So, uh, so when I was on my day off, just like I do podcasting now, I used to spend my day off playing video games and writing about them and then doing some basic news. But I never wrote anything that lacked the substance that this lacks. And it is literally something you should think about. If you ever read something this poor, you should take a look at that website and decide if you ever want to go back there again. Because I can tell you, if talkesport.com comes up as an article in any of my feeds ever again, I am absolutely not going to read it. This is just maybe just random stuff today because uh, the last story was some something someone sent to me. Uh, I just think reading this and not even commenting on it, actually, I, of course, I'm going to comment on it, is enough. But anyways, this, I don't know where it came from. It was sent to me via Reddit. Uh, it is an example of refusal skills for sexual activity. There are two characters, Eric and Samantha. Eric and Samantha seem to be in a the early stages of a relationship. This was written by someone who has never talked to another real human being. It is one of the problems because when you're trying to demonstrate something, uh, a form of language or, you know, consent or kindness or something like that. And the reality of actually trying to speak, they don't tend to match up. And that's one of the problems with education in real life is education fails consistently to actually mesh with real life. It's one of the reasons I have very little respect for academia. Anyways, Eric, I can't do two. I suppose I could do two voices. It's going to be really insulting. That movie was really good, Samantha, but I think we should do something else now. Samantha, what do you want to do then? There's no, she asked sexily or something. Uh, that statement how you read it, it's going to really, you know, oh, what do you want to do then? Or what do you want to do then? Those are two different sentiments. I mean, there's, there's no context for how this was spoken. Uh, the blandness for the phraseology implies to me that it should be read completely deadpan. So let me start again. I'm going to do a completely deadpan read, and then I'll do one with some feeling. Eric, that movie was really good, Samantha, but I think we should do something else now. Samantha, what do you want to do then? Eric, I was hoping we could engage in sexual activity. Samantha, I'm sorry, Eric, but I don't think I want to do that. Eric, please, Samantha, I would really like to perform sexual activity with you. Samantha, I'm truly apologetic, but I would like you to know that I am currently practicing abstinence because it is the only truly safe form of sex and STD prevention with a 100% success rate and a cost of zero U.S. dollars. Eric, I understand, Samantha. I agree that abstinence is the only way to truly prevent teenage pregnancy and STDs at a young age. I apologize for my selfish and foolish ways. Good night. I must be leaving now. Samantha, thank you for respecting and understanding my viewpoints, Eric. Good night. I'd enjoy if we went on another date soon. Eric, thank you. I would also enjoy that. Okay, now we're going to do it once more with feeling. So, Eric... That movie was really good, Samantha. But I think we should do something else now. Samantha, what do you want to do then? Eric, I was hoping we could engage in sexual activity. 
Samantha. I'm sorry, Eric. But I don't think I want to do that. Eric, please, Samantha. I would really like to perform sexual activity with you. Samantha. I'm truly apologetic. But I would like you to know that I am currently practicing abstinence. Because it is the only truly safe form of sex and STD prevention with a 100% success rate at a cost of zero US dollars. Eric. I understand, Samantha. I agree. That absences is the only way to truly prevent teenage pregnancy and STDs at a young age. I apologize for my selfish and foolish ways. Good night. I must be leaving now. Samantha. There's a double colon here. I don't know why. Thank you. For respecting and understanding my viewpoints, Eric. Good night. I'd enjoy if we went on another date soon. Eric. Thank you. I would also enjoy that. So again, two two slightly different messages. I am interested in whoever wrote this uh, adding in the fact that the abstinence is at a cost of zero U.S. dollars. Because I think they're going for a moral message here. That abstinence is, oh, if I can just say off the top of my head, uh, the only truly safe form of sex and STD prevention and teenage pregnancy and STDs at a young age. If I got anything from it, I think that might have been it. It's 100% success rate. These two people, though, I mean, they clearly want to bang one out really hard. And I think it would be good for them. Now, I learned not too long ago that condoms have a 99% success rate. But that 1% failure rate actually includes people who don't put the condom on right. As in people who have the condom and often don't wear it or take it off or things like that. That is included in the failure rate of condoms. Because essentially, the condom maker would have to find a way to make it jump onto your penis and secure itself perfectly every time for it to be 100% effective. So really, condoms are used properly 100% effective. It's that people are so fucking stupid, they don't put them on right, or they'll do like what astronauts do and get a size that's way too big because they don't want to admit they have an average penis. Uh, If you don't know what I'm talking about, they offered sleeves for the penis and they had small, medium, large. But then, of course, I believe it was French astronauts actually kicked this off. Uh, No one wanted to admit to needing a small sleeve. Anyways, that's actually irrelevant to the STD prevention we're talking about right now with Eric and Samantha. I think Eric and Samantha, I think they need to knock one out. And I mean, they're clearly sensible kids. They think about stuff. They express themselves well. I think they could learn how to use a condom properly. And I think they would both really get something out of it. I mean, clearly, they, they, they're they into each other. They want to go on another date. I think they would enjoy it. So 
this refusal for sexual activity to me actually is the gateway to awesome sex because the tension they've built up here when that dam bursts well that dam Ashia gonna burst okay this was sent to me uh, I think the best thing to do is just dive in wait the kitchen is bland of markings where is your shit Kakarot oh it's in the brown room said Goku Chi Chi says I'm only allowed to do one room what utter disrespect these human women have for ancient Saiyan customs, said Vegeta. Vegeta. Vegeta? I haven't actually watched this, so I don't really know how to say his name. I don't know if it's a hard or a soft G. I'm going to say a soft Vegeta. Following Goku into the shittiest room in the house. I suppose, considering the sentences we've already just read, I, I shouldn't really be focusing on the pronunciation of one name. The walls, the ceiling the floor, and even the window, all covered in fecal matter. Uh, it's grammatically incorrect. So it should have been all the windows were, or the window was, all covered in fecal matter. Uh, if you're going to write this kind of weird poop porn stuff, I mean, actually, grammar will take you out of the moment. I'm not even like a grammar Nazi most of the time, but if I notice mistakes, those mistakes are pretty pronounced. So we have a problem here in that I'm losing my immersion because of the poor structurally the, the poorly structured sentences. But back back to the poop apparently on the walls, ceiling, and window. Some was grainy, some was corny. All of it smelled like Michael Moore crawled up Karakot's asshole and died. Strangely specific. Why you would go from this fictional universe to suddenly include Michael Moore by name? I mean, there's a lot of, I assume you got a problem with liberals? I don't know, uh, liberal overweight characters in the universe, in the world. It is, it is a strangely interesting choice. I would like to actually contact the author and ask them specifically why Michael Moore. All right, let's get back to the story. This is the most beautiful room I have ever seen, said Vegeta, tears rolling down his face. I have been bested by you in the way that matters most, Karakot. Kakarot, please have me as your lover? A big jump. I mean, seeing someone's room and saying it's the best room you've ever seen, please have me as your lover. Uh, that is excluding any emotional connection between the two characters. So we actually should have a bit of a deeper dive into the characters themselves to understand the growing sexual tension and how this poop-covered room has released that all in one go. I actually am not on board with how this goes. Uh, our previous romantic interlude with Samantha and Eric that actually made more sense than this does right now. But then Goku responds, I thought you'd never ask. So clearly this was waiting. Maybe we needed a little more backstory. Uh, but now it's about to get real. That's when Goku's cock ripped clean through the seam of his gi. I have a problem with that because I don't think this person knows what a gi looks like. 
uh, or where the seams are. So the seams, these are pants, uh, are on the side and then the, the inside of your thighs. If it's bursting forward, it could rip the seams on the sides and so the pants would just fall off. It would be better if he had written it as they burst through the material. That actually would be a harder thing to do than rip the seams. And it would be a more realistic and yet fantastical moment at the same time. Uh, breaking through his pants wasn't the only thing. So it broke through the seam of his gi. I actually, primarily the gi is the jacket, not the pants. That's a super small technicality. I'm going to let that one go. And it broke itself into eight or so octopus tentacles. Now the or so actually bothered me here because if it's octopus tentacles, then it should be eight. Uh, if a penis is broken into pieces, like tentacles, you don't want to be unclear on the number. You should actually have a, a better sense of how many tentacles. So I think the author of this hasn't really taken the time to design what the second stage of the penis is. Because the number of tentacles is going to be very important for what I assume would be following sexual acts. The following sexual acts, the number of tentacles would impact what is and is not possible. But Vegeta's dick also ripped through his spandex that was almost one size fits all. And again, the almost, it's these little details the author is, is kind of failing at almost one size fits all doesn't make sense. It either it is or it isn't. And if it is, the fact that the penis is ripping through the spandex, again, is a slightly more impressive act. If it was not one size fits all, that could mean it was already under tension from the incredibly strong, you know, virile thighs that it contained. And so breaking through the spandex was less of an act of, uh, less impressive act. Vegeta's dick also ripped through his spandex that was almost fucking apparently one size fits all with the exception of Vegeta's monster cock in this one instance. So if you're going to put in the exception, you have to take out the almost. That's my point. If it's one size fits all, his cock is so beyond the pale that one size fits all no longer fits it. It's that big. But because you put almost, you've actually ruined your own sentence. And these sentences are consistently ruined by the author because he hasn't gone back. I don't think uh, this has gone through an edit. And you might say fan fiction, it's supposed to be loose and free, but I'm sorry, good editing is important. This podcast is very loose and free. I mean, you're listening to it now. You can tell this is very loose and free as a podcast goes. It's not scripted. I still edit it. I cut out huge chunks where I'm just saying dumb shit. Uh, you might be surprised by that. I cut out a lot of mistakes. Goku and Vegeta's tentacle dicks found one another, did a little dance, and then fused together. The, again, your opportunity for description has been missed. Did a little dance. What kind of dance? Was it a tap dance? Did they put on little shoes and do a little tap dance? Was it some other kind of dance? Was it that Russian dance where they kick their legs up and they squat down? Because that's a pretty impressive dance. But for tentacle dicks, I'm betting it's actually quite easy. Are they touching each other? Like, are you saying that this is the little dance of uh, foreplay? Because if it is, you haven't described it very well. I can tell you my tentacle dick is having no reaction to this at all. And then fused together. Again, completely nondescriptive. What does fused together mean? Uh, they were one now. So I guess this whole thing has been pointless because they're now just fused into one person. 
You ready, Vegeta? Now, Kakarot, I can feel you inside me. Again, some descriptors would actually help me understand what's going on. If they fused, there is no inside you, because if you're fused, you're the same body. If you're fused, you are one thing, and therefore one is not in the other. You are one thing. So let's get some descriptive language in here and start talking about feelings and emotions and what's happening. Otherwise, I cannot connect to them. And since I'm not connected, I don't feel like they're inside me at all. So they both powered up to Super Saiyan 6. I'm assuming that is not a quick process. Uh, again, I'm not deep into Dragon Ball, so I'm not 100% sure if 6 is a lot. I actually think it probably is. Uh, I'm betting there is a process to get from 1 to 6. You have skipped that completely and left me, the reader, on the side of the road. And Goku pumped their fused cocks furiously. If he's pumping their fused cocks, uh, he's just pumping his cock. If I'm being really honest, again, I'm confused as to the relationship of the two cocks that have been fused. I don't know if you're choosing your language correctly. I don't really know what's going on. The force of this naturally Saiyan sexual encounter was enough to make the entire earth shake. Cities toppled. Nuclear reactors exploded. Porta potties fell over with people still inside. So this, I'm wondering if it is satire. Because nuclear reactors exploded and then porta potties fell over. I mean, clearly there is like a poop fetish going on. I can't tell if the poop fetish is serious or not. This is the most descriptive part of this whole little story. It's not the whole story. It's just a segment of, but it's the bit I was sent. So it's what I'm reading. Continents split apart. Animals lost their natural habitats. Master Roshi was at home jerking it and cheered for Goku as the Super Saiyan sex put out a vibration that made everyone who hadn't died yet crazy fucking horny. And again, using the term crazy fucking horny makes me wonder if this is actually written seriously. Everyone had to fuck. Tien fucked Chaitsu. Yamcha fucked a dolphin. You've really lost me at this point. If you were serious, because actually I've made a bunch of jokes about having sex with dolphins. This might be just coincidental, but having sex with a dolphin is just sort of it. Sex with animals is actually inherently funny. All my favorite jokes are about people having sex with animals. Krillin was fisted in the asshole by 18. Piccolo was pollinated by bees. Gohan fucked Videl like a nerd. I would like a little more description as to what that means, like a nerd. Is that a good or a bad thing? That's actually a, a, an interesting question. Mr. Satan fucked Boo's fat pink ass. Broly's zombie corpse yelled, Kakarot, in Dick Magina's voice. Even the Kai world felt the vibration. That, again, is the, obviously the most work put into this whole thing so far. We have one more paragraph left. But honestly, if that much effort had been put into the previous paragraphs, I bet I would be a little more satisfied with this overall experience. And that was nothing compared to when they came. The entire galaxy exploded when they came. Which is okay, because the Nameks wished them all back to life. Well, except for Chi-Chi's house. All that was left of it was the brown room and the sink full of dishes. I'm pretty happy with the ending. The sink full of dishes is a nice little exclamation point on the nonsense that we've just read. I don't know if this comes from a serious story. Thank you for sending it in. 
if you would like to send in anything else you would like me to read, it can be basically anything. I will read it, comment on it. I will try to take it seriously or I won't. It'll depend on what it is. You can send your stories, poems, works of fiction, press releases, whatever, to velocipodcast at gmail.com. I'm not guaranteed I'm going to read it, but at least I'll get it. But that's the only way it's going to get done. 